Jason, Hello. with us. Yes. Man, glad to hear you, brother. Yeah, you too, man. Hey, so welcome to episode one. This is pretty groundbreaking stuff. Excited to have a guy that I can really showcase um, some talents and abilities and behind the scenes stuff that I can bring to light that you've done for a lot of this project specifically. So, uh, Jace Thomas, episode one of the Better Dad podcast. Man, let me let me first by say thank you for coming on and being willing to kind of be transparent about the journey of fatherhood and business and all that that entails. Yeah, man, no no problem at all. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. For sure. Hey, so real quick, tell listeners a little bit about yourself, um, kind of how we've collaborated on this project and. Um, and kind of just the journey you've had thus far in your entrepreneurial experience. Yeah, man. So I, uh, I'm, you know, of course, an entrepreneur from the Midwest, um, based here in Springfield, Missouri. I gravitate towards the software world, uh, marketing, you know, anything in between. But uh, yeah, so Better Dad, um, you know, is, is, you know, everything that you do I'm behind but uh this is one you know one thing specifically that I think um you know needs to be needs to be talked about more um you say you know helping helping the dads that um, or, or parents that are present to to just be better than they were the day before so you know being a dad I I fully support that and I think um you know I think what you're doing is awesome appreciate that yeah so one thing I want to make sure that I'm specifically clear about in the recording of each episode is that while our number one focus is the father and the household, um, this is also a just a general podcast for parenting. You know, I mean, sometimes a dad's role is a little fluid in certain things, and, and sometimes it means the other um, co-party in the in the relationship and the dynamic taking some roles that they're not always used to taking, and just really learning to help the other person. So. While it is called the Better Dad, our goal is to just kind of um, just just illuminate experiences and opportunities for each parent to shine in. So, first and foremost, man, uh, we talked a little bit before this, and and I kind of want to let you run with this. We talked about the image of of what we as men and fathers kind of struggle with. What's our role? What it's supposed to look like? And so, kind of what was it for you that was a turning point, I guess, in your individual role or experience as a man and then be kind of coming a father in balancing business and everything else you did in life? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great direction. Great topic. So, um, for me, just kind of starting from the beginning, I, I've, you know, grew up on a cattle farm and I've been entrepreneurial or, or what I thought was entrepreneurial. I looked up to my dad who, um, you know, would never have probably called himself an entrepreneur, but you know, was the, was the definition of it. And so, um, being surrounded by that really motivated to, you know, me to do something. I, I was originally in, you know, music still am, but, um, you know, when I was 13, I started uh, really, really plunging into building businesses. I started a home studio and did that on the weekends, um, you know, you know, when I didn't have school, that type of thing. So that was what I would consider my first entrepreneurial venture. Um, you know, going into my late teens and early 20s, 
you know, I still considered myself an entrepreneur. I, I ran a uh, 3D printed prosthetic company called Dream 3D. Um, and the, the goal was uh, 3D printed prosthetics for pets and vets. I, you know, I honestly, again, just to, to, to be very transparent, I talked a lot about what I was going to do, um, but didn't really execute. I got, you know, I got caught up in, uh, caught up in the, I wouldn't say college life cause I didn't go to college, but you know, the, the, the early twenties partying type of type of atmosphere, lots of, um, you know, lots of drinking and partying and not, not much focus on, um, you know, actually executing and achieving what, what, whatever goals I had set out. So, um, you know, realizing if, if I could be successful in life, my personal personality type uh i i could not party i could not drink i could not be successful those those weren't in the same sentence so um you know i i quit drinking gave up the putting life i soon after met um tiff my girlfriend and um that's really you know kind of the turning point when i pushed pushed away partying and drinking and and you know, met her. She had two kids. Um, they were uh, Gianna and Amelia. They were ages two and three, and they really, um, you know, I was, I was, I would consider myself a, a kid person prior to that. But they, they really showed me how, you know, amazing, um, you know, little kids can be, and uh, and they really taught me how to be, be a dad, be a father. So, so, so my question, yeah. real quick, on, on the turning point was. And, and this is tough for a lot of men, I think, because there was a, a recognition, there was a desire to go on to the next thing and maybe even the ability to recognize that something had to change in their lives for it to happen. What was it specifically or can you speak to specifically what it was that allowed you to make that change? Because, I mean, you can pull 100 guys and say, hey, do you want to do better in your life? They say, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what it looks like? And, you know, 50% of them might have a plan. But in order to, like, remove some of those things in your life, what what was the self-discipline? What was the motivation? What was the plan of execution for that to happen? That's a, that's a great question. So I think uh, negative, negative repetition um, brought a lot of realization. So... I realized, okay, the, the Springfield party life is same day or, you know, different day, same stuff. Um, I think I was going to the same places, the same bars, I, the same negative outcome. And so, um, you know, I realized I'm, I'm in a job that I hate. I was in a nine to five, um, that I absolutely despised. I was drinking to escape um, and parting to escape. And I realized there's no longevity in this. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's no future in this type of life. So, um, I mean, I know it sounds really, really odd, but, uh, I remember the day it's, uh, August 1st, 2017. I woke up at 8am almost on the dot, I think, and said, I'm not going to drink ever again. And so, um, that was after many, many times of saying that, but for whatever reason, I knew for a fact that it, it was that day. What, what do you think it is about alcohol that 
I mean, because it, it's a, it's a, it's something that I myself have struggled with too, and trying to um, balance, I guess, its its position in my life to the point that I've had to also completely remove it. Why, why do you think men, especially, have such a unique relationship with their ability or inability to execute what they want and the grip that alcohol has on them? So I can speculate. Um, I'm no no psychologist by any means, but I think it. And it, full disclosure, some men and women and, and just people in general have absolutely no problem with alcohol. Uh, they and more power to them. I specifically had zero power when it came to alcohol, um, and so I think it was just, you know, some of it may be genetic. Um, I think it was a really great escape, and so kind of a band-aid too, you know, a temporary fix to, to, and, and it's the easy way out, honestly, for me, um, not meeting my, my problems head on and, um, not wanting to, to put in the work and actually grind to, to create something better. So something you said, I really, I really, uh, want to fixate on. You said alcohol took away your power, uh, essentially what made you whole what made you be able to do all these things alcohol inhibited so if that in your own life was something you had to recognize okay whether it's alcohol or the places we go the relationships we have you first had to identify something that kept you from what you truly wanted so now as a as a the next thing in life you said meeting your girlfriend was something that essentially then was the opposite of that it gave you power then correct yeah, absolutely. And and so I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on top of that. Alcohol is what I consider a, a cluster problem. Um, you know, if I can simply solve this problem of not drinking, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to have uh, more money. I'm not going to be blowing money at the bar. Um, I'm going to have more energy to actually grind on, you know, business related activities. Um, it's just it's tenfold. You fix one major problem. And in turn, it fixes uh, a ton of, you know, little problems. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, um, you know, meeting Tiffany and, and the girls really gave me, I think, a sense of purpose. Um, I had a lot, a lot more actual entrepreneurial motivation after meeting them. Uh, we moved to Kansas City. I think that was one of the best things that I could do kind of negative people behind um and and um you know really just just focus on building my family and building my career um i i did jump into a couple more nine to fives just because that's what had to be done to to pay rent and bills and that type of thing but as i did that i you know grinded on the side i built businesses some very terrible go to Tiffany and, and be like, Hey, I've got this amazing idea. It's uh blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, uh, yeah, I gotta be honest with you. That's, that's terrible. And I'm, you know, so, so <laughs> thankful that she did that because who knows what direction, you know, I could, I could be in, but, um, I think, you know, definitely just to make it known, uh, um, you know, my support system with the girls, Tiffany, um, was, you know, absolutely pivotal and foundational to, you know, whatever success as an entrepreneur today. So here's a, here's a interesting thing for the, the parents listening. You, you came into a story that had kind of already 
been started. Uh, you you met a woman that had kids that were not your own. Speak to that and kind of what that looked like for you. Yeah, so so we met, um, you know, and then you know, I would say six months or so later, moved to Kansas City. I think, um, honestly, the the transition of of my single uh, you know bachelor life to um, you know dad of of two kids basically was it was something that just naturally had to happen I think it was meant for an absolute reason I know it was meant for a reason um but the transition between it was was effortless um you know helping take care of those girls was was effortless um and so you know not long after that we had our third kid um our daughter Leah and so you know we quickly merged into um you know, I, I, my life went from, like I said, the, the single bachelor to, um, you know, father of three, um, you know, dad, man in the house, whatever title you want to, you want to call it. But, um, I think, you know, unexplainably, I think, um, it, it, it just, it, it happened for a reason, you know, can't, can't explain it, but glad it happened. <laughs> so now that we're, I mean, now that we're on this side of the coin we can look back and say man i'm glad it did happen and it probably saved me from a lot but in that moment you know when you were pursuing a woman that had these kids that that weren't yours um you know what were some of the thoughts you were going through what what was the i mean because the the whole goal of this podcast is is to meet parents where they are you know what i mean because unfortunately in this life there's a lot of broken homes and you know in the attempts to either repair the ones that are broken or combine two broken ones together or you know a man in your situation who didn't have any kids meeting someone with kids you know what what's what's one of those things you were you were thinking about what was the fear or a struggle you experienced in that motivation yeah so i you know i had a dog so i thought i knew how to be a dad <laughs> but <laughs> but i was i was a dog dad uh but i was so wrong i think um looking to tiffany for parental advice i mean i say daily but literally an hourly or minutely basis um really you know taught me how to be it wasn't just wasn't just the girls it was tiffany and the girl and that whole atmosphere um you know teaching me how to be a a dad a father a, a father figure you know that type of thing so i looked to her for guidance constantly um she was you know at that point you know three in to being a mother so pretty much a veteran and and so um looked to her for a lot of guidance but there were a lot of doubts um you know you can read all you want online and that's naturally you know if i'm looking to solve a problem i either youtube it or i google it uh and fatherhood parenthood is not something that you know you can really Google or pre, you know pre-search, pre-research. It's just something you have to jump into and and you know kind of um, pivot as you go and and just um, you know really self-reflect and and make sure you're making the right decisions on a daily basis. So then, how did that affect your relationship 
with with Tiffany? You know, did it was it something that you had to? I mean, obviously she has her own workable home life before you come into the picture. And so you kind of come into the picture and you're you're coming from this transition of being like, all right, I've been by myself for this long. And now not only am I looking to pursue this woman, but I also have the sensitivity of participating in her children's life. How was that on your relationship with her? So I think it, you know, I, I'm, I definitely think it strengthened it. Um, I, I'd like to think that, um, you know, I was able to, to relieve some of the stress. It can be extremely, extremely difficult as a, a single mom with two kids. So, um, you know, I think financially I was able to, to maybe come and help a little bit, um, you know, help around, around the house, help with the girls. Um, you know, we're, we're super active. So being able to, to, you know, take them out to play, take them to the park, skateboard, ride bikes, that type of thing. Um, I think I was able to, to alleviate some of the pressure that, that was on her. And in turn, I think it just, just strengthened our relationship from there. So what is her relationship, Tiffany's, with the girl's father? I think it's pretty, it's pretty good at this moment. Um, you know, I, I think it was a little bit rocky there for a while, but, you know, that I think that's quite typical um, in, in, you know, splitting of relationships, especially when kids are involved. I think it's, um, I think it's on a positive note now, but you know, wasn't, wasn't always that way. I think they had to, to kind of work for it, work, work towards it. And is, is that something that you ever felt like could have kept you from pursuing something with Tiffany? No, no, honestly, I think, um, when I had met Tiffany that that ship had sailed. And so, um, you know, that wasn't much concern, uh, in, in our picture at that moment. My, my concern was, um, how do I support this family in the way that I want to support them financially? Um, you know, three, three little girls, I want to give them the world. So how do I, you know, how do I set goals and work towards those goals to achieve them to, to be able to do that um, financially and, and uh, on all fronts? So I, I want to stick on this for a minute we've 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 touched financially provision wise and i think it's important to highlight here that men especially fathers feel like society has grouped them into really two major roles one being provision and then essentially one being performance and so a lot of the times when we look at if he's a good dad or not we say well does he provide for the family and is he executing what he's supposed to execute on a daily basis and so the thing that you've touched on the most has been financial. Speak to maybe more of the relational, emotional, mental, conversational appeal that one, a dad to a daughter has, but two, a dad has to a daughter that's not his biological daughter. How have you navigated those waters? Yeah, that's an amazing question. I'm so glad you touched on it because I saw a post the other day about a lot of, I don't know what statistics or, or you know, if how valid it was but it, it seemed valid uh, a lot of dads are um they, they think they've achieved fatherhood because they're either financial providers or they're just you know physically around um but i pride myself on little details like 
all three girls, I know exactly what foods they love, what foods they hate. I know what their favorite colors are. I know what their best friends' names are. I know the drama on the playground. I know every little detail of their life on a daily basis. So, you know, beyond um, providing financially and and just being the fatherhood role, I, um, you know, that's that's what it's all about. Uh, how, learning. How do you achieve that? What what is that? I mean, to in order to be in on all the hot tea that's happening at the playground, how do you come about that information? So, I think. Um, I think I can attribute that kind of tying in the entrepreneurial thing. I my my main goal going from 2019 to 2020 was to become more of a a full time dad and less of a full time employee. So um, I think you know with the my support system, I have been able to um, work smarter, not necessarily harder, um, but that allows me to have more time. I I you know, take my girls to school, pick them up. We have lots of conversations in the car, um, you know, before bedtime, lots, we just, you know, they love to talk about their day. They love to, they love to talk in general. They talk a lot, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, you know, so just, just allowing time, just genuine, um, you know, one-on-three time. It's, it's never really one-on-one time, uh, household, but, but, um, you know, just, just having genuine time with them, I think setting that aside and, and making that available is, is so important. Mm, okay. So then now let's say I'm a father who has never quite figured this out. And let's say I've got a five-year-old and I've never really connected with them before, whether it be a little boy or a little girl, what is, what is your advice on jumping into that style of relating? So... That's a great question. I think uh, I find the approach and, um, you know, there, there are a variety of scenarios going through my head right now, but um, I think really finding, I, as an example, I would not say, uh, I know most of her lyrics, but I would not say I'm a Jojo Siwa fan, but <laughs> my girls are. So basically I made what, what they love, you know, what I love too. Um, and so I think finding out what your kid loves and kids, you know, are, are very complex, but they're also, they can be relatively simple beings. You know, if they, they like dinosaurs then talk and teach them dinosaurs or, you know, there's, there's a myriad of things that you can do um to connect with your kid and you just simply got to find out what they love to do and and you got to love it too man that's good so i <clears throat> one thing that i think is very important for you know listeners whether it be moms or dads if, if you feel disconnected from your child uh i think one thing that jace really touched on the most is just just attention to detail you know your kids are going to reveal what they love they're very passionate they're very expressive you know, my son at, at 16 months today is is a very clear descriptor of what he loves and what he does not love. That is very easy to understand. Um, and, and I think also just we, we, your kids are very hyper aware of what you care about. And so when they know that you care about them, I think there's a safe place that you invite them, even if you don't fully understand 
what it is they're going through. I mean, I know parents right now of teenagers that are in the culture of video games and online gaming and all that other stuff that really none of us grew up having a lot of experience with. Uh, most of these kids just just care that their parents would be willing to sit down for five minutes and learn strategy that their kids have worked hard to, to go through. So I think one thing that you said that was just so important was just learning to love what your kids love. Um, and, and that's a that's a value that I think all parents should look to um, participate in. Uh, I think we as entrepreneurial spirits, even in employee, we, we measure everything based on what we can get done in such a short amount of time. You know, our lives are scheduled minute by minute and we get to this place where we're just trying to squeeze out as much as we can. And we do that sometimes at the expense of our relationships. You know, I was the other day, Cohen and I were driving and, um, you know, we've moved over to a different side of town where there's a lot of trains. And so I, I hear the train come in, I see the lights and we don't make it through and I'm stuck at this light and I'm in my head, I'm thinking, oh great. So now I'm six minutes for this train to go through. I got to wait. That means six minutes from my destination. What am I and like in my head is just going crazy. And in the back seat, I hear this little faint voice go choo choo. <laughs> and <clears throat> he is, he is excited about a train that I am dreading because of the inconvenience that it participates in my current schedule. And in that moment, I was just so like, just, just shot with this childlike wonder that was him experiencing the joy of a train. And I was so worried about the six minutes that was going to cost me. So, man, that resonates heavily with me. You know, the, the thing that you also talked about was the value of community. You know, you said you started focusing on allocating more time to certain things. What, what is the value of being a good parent, being a good dad with having a good circle around you? Yeah, I think uh, that's a great question. I think uh, different facets of life. life. Um, who you surround yourself with is who you start becoming. So um, your community, your friend group, your, you know, people who you come in contact with on a daily basis, your business partners, anybody is going to influence you no matter how hard you, you try for them not to. Um, so, so I think community, um, being a part of something, no, no matter what, you know, scale it's at um, is, is really, really important. And um and vital to, to, to raising a kid. We, we moved from Kansas city back down to Ozark to be closer to my community, uh, my, basically my family. And so that's had a tremendous impact on the girls. They're able to, to see their, their cousins and their aunts and uncles and grandparents, um, you know, on a, a daily basis. So I think, I think that's brought a lot of joy, um, to them and, and was really important. So now with the girls having two sides of family, um, how, how do you participate in that dynamic? You know, I mean, is it, is it obviously they still have a relationship with their other dad's family? You know, what does that look like for you and how do you navigate that? Yeah. So they, um, you know, it, it wasn't always as smooth as it is now. I think um, through trial and error and just a lot of progression, we've 
figured out how to coincide with each other. Um, we we take the girls up every other weekend to Kansas City, and they spend time with their their grandmother and and their dad, and and so um, you know we basically their roles are their roles in their time and our role roles um and so they you know those lines have been kind of crossed in the past but like i said i think we've done a really good job as of lately um you know really setting the 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 two sides apart but being able to um coincide harmoniously so hmm. wasn't always that way but <laughs> so we're <clears throat> my, my my next question and this is this is something that I think speaks a lot to the content of this podcast as well. W- what is your relationship with other dads around you and what do you observe about their own participation in their families? So I have a lot of a lot of friends are or you know we're on 30 so a lot of my friends are dads and um, you know I I watch everything. I, I watch how they interact with their kids. And I can confidently say all my friends are awesome dads, great dads. Um, you know, we're not alike. We're not all alike, but in our parenting styles, but very, very um, positive father figure roles. And so I try to, you know, just like um, just like a maybe a baseball player would pick up, uh, you know, w- watching another player hit. Um, you know, I like to pick up on things here and there and, uh, just observe parenting styles. And so, um, you know, I, I self-reflect a lot. And so I say, you know, am I, am I being too, too easy on my girls? Am I, am I being too hard on them? Am I, you know, not doing this or that? So, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I self-reflect a lot, communicate a lot with Tiffany and, um, just observe as, as much as possible. So how has then your relationship with your dad affected the way that you parent your children? I think uh, I've always had a great, I've always had a great relationship with my dad. Um, You know, grew up going to the farm with him when I was two, three, four years old. Um, That's what we would do every day, go to the farm then go to Hannah's general store in Elkland and, you know, get a, a breakfast or honey bun or whatever. And so we've, we've always had a tight relationship um i think i've you know become more of a friend uh to my dad as as i've gotten older i think that naturally happens between a lot of father-son relationships um but uh but yeah i think i appreciate every you know i I just have a deeper appreciation for everything that he did growing up and um my my mom too so um i think being a father you really realize you know, think back and have those flashbacks to your, your parents saying, you just wait until you're a parent, you're going to realize how hard this is. And when you're a kid, you're just like, uh, you don't know what you're talking about, whatever. And then it, it's such a cliche, but it clicks when you're older. And so, you know, I had two other brothers, we were a family of, of uh, three kids. So, so I'm realizing, and I, you know, I haven't even gotten to the, the teen years yet. So pray for me. <laughs> for sure. So I, I guess, you know, my, one thing that I I want to highlight in in this forum as well is is that all of us at some level, and I'll say specifically me, I, I always wanted to be a dad, 
I guess I just never know what it looked like. And I, I could never write it down. And, I, you know, I just, I, I thought I somehow could just manage it and figure it out. But when the reality set that I was about to be responsible for another person, and not just physically, but, you know, morally, emotionally, spiritually, it, it was a little overwhelming. So one thing that I think was a pivotal point in my life was deciding how being a father was going to change what I consumed, where I went, who I saw, etc. You know, when was that for you? And what what were some specific things you knew or that even currently you've had to let go of just in order to participate in your role of being an active father? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think one of the the first things that comes to mind um, is the way music has always been. I'm a drummer of of 20 years. And so music's been huge. Uh, Prior to meeting Tiffany and the girls, I was, you know, practicing a lot, playing a lot, that type of thing. I think I had to to scale that back, which, um, you know, I, I, I just kind of going back to business I worked smarter not harder with with that um, I'm still a part of a, a project and and we put out music and that type of thing but it's just it's just a different approach so scaling that back um, I think just just the way I you know I, I like I said I quit drinking continuing to to not um, fall victim to, to alcohol is it, now it's it's very very easy I'll never drink again I know that for a fact but at the very beginning you know it wasn't wasn't the easiest thing ever um, so continue that up I think just the general way that I um, you know in public the way I treat people and um, I I would like to think I've treated people fairly my entire life but just continuing to to do so and um you know being a very very respectful and uh honorable person i think in and showing that to to my children on a daily basis is has been really important too so on the let's 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 stick on the drumming thing you know you said that had to scale back but drumming and music was something you've loved so do you feel like you lost part of your dream do you feel like you lost something you loved at the expense of fatherhood I don't. Um, and the reason, the reason being is because I'm still able to, um, I, I'm a part of a really talented group of guys. And so I'm still able to, thankful to, to my support system, I'm still able to go shoot music videos and go to the studio and, and release music and, and that stuff. So I, I haven't, I haven't given it up. I just, um, I think I, I treated it naturally more as a business, which still gives me fulfillment with music. And, and I know someday I'm I'm going to, you know, we have a million projects going on, and and you know, obviously super super busy running multiple businesses. But I know, you know, very shortly um, I'm going to get you know my home studio back, and I'm going to get back in the groove. And I know that's that's not long gone. It's it's you know, it's going to happen. It's just uh, a matter of being patient. So no, I don't think fatherhood uh, made me give up any kind of dream. Um, I know, you know, when I was a late teen, I graduated high school early to, to sign to 
label out of LA and and join a, a band and the the idea was to to tour globally and so um you know that was my dream back then but it's not you know being in that type of uh atmosphere and and going you know bar to bar venue to venue playing in a in a van with five other dudes is not something that um is a dream of mine anymore i think you know with, with fatherhood i a lot of my dreams and reality is matured i don't think many of them died uh, you know if, if any so so I, let's let's stay on that for a minute i think that's important a lot of times i think guys view fatherhood or at least in, in what i've observed kind of in current culture as it's it's something that like grounds you but not in a healthy way you know like man i can't do this anymore man i can't go here anymore man now and fathers that are listening it it should change you like it should change the places that you go like the fact that you're even thinking about that bravo because um it's important to recognize that relationships you carried things that you belong to things that you participated in might affect your ability to be a good father and they need to go but jace i mean i love that you you spoke on the fact that really the things that you love didn't disappear they just matured and, and they changed and they evolved to become these things that that you could still participate in but but not necessarily um devote your whole life to and so man i i think one of the biggest takeaways from what you've said today is is balance you know we don't want to become so financially motivated that our time is taken away from our family but we also need to be good stewards of our ability to provide for the family that relies on us so everything you've said today i just think balance is key you know if you could give one major piece of advice for fathers or parents that you've learn from being a dad to kids that didn't come from you a dad to kids that do come from you a musician a business owner and a regular dude what what would that piece of advice be yeah uh, i i want to continue obviously being transparent it, i i do want to acknowledge that balance it just you nailed it on the head i think balance is so so important and it wasn't always that way there were there were days when um you know i was working from morning to to basically nine to five and coming home and grinding on my business and you know spending no time with my kids no time with tiffany uh i was not prioritizing and so that's been something actually over the last maybe you know 12 to to 16 months um that that I've really had to learn to 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 clock out on the weekends. I still work some weekends, but um, finding that balance wasn't always there. It wasn't always easy, and I'm still continuing to to work towards it. I think one of the biggest piece of advice I'm a huge proponent of. Um, you know, there are many many amazing jobs out there. Many amazing nine to fives. For me personally. I was in a nine to five where I was just banging my head against the wall. I think if you're um, a parent, you know, you, you feel like you have to, um, you you have to do that to provide. That's that's amazing. But I think there's also an additional option. Uh, more and more and more businesses are started, side hustles, um, freelance gigs, that type of thing. So definitely research what you love. Don't don't 
start a business or entrepreneurial venture or side hustle uh what you or makes the most amount of money the fastest do what you love um and you know start very very small put a little bit of time into it here and there as a side hustle eventually you will grow and you will be able to transition out of your full-time job and and really there's no ceiling from there so so you know no no paid plug here but like i said earlier jace is a guy that has um supported me on any of these endeavors whether they be football or better dad company or anything like that and i think you know one of the things i want to talk about as we close here that if you if you're a guy or a girl that is like interested in in, in developing <clears throat> an idea or a dream that you have but don't really know how to scale it don't really know where to start uh, Jace is a great resource um, in his company, Hyperion, that that has done that for me. That says, hey, man, the first three things you need to do before you even put content out there is this, this, and this. And it's a very quick step-by-step. Um, this is how he feeds his family. Um, but I, I love to, to highlight people that become successful by making other people successful. Um, I think that is a a huge attribute that Jace has in being a good man and a good father to his family. Uh, the more that he succeeds, the more that his family does. So if you're, if you're someone that is interested in, you know, maybe looking at developing a dream or taking something to the next level, I fully, fully, fully recommend you getting with Jace um, and his company and just, and just getting a 15 minute call with them to see what the next steps are. Uh, that that's something that I bring a lot of value in is having a, a community of people that make you better and all the stuff with better dad podcast, better dad company, clothing line is all made possible because of relationships that I have like with Jace. So uh, once again, we won't do better until we hear better, see better or shown better. And the goal of this podcast is to take all experiences and opportunities and grow from them, no matter how difficult or frustrating they might be in the moment. So, Jace, man, thank you so much for being here, being on this. Uh, we look forward to the things that you do in business, both in uh, your professional and your personal life. And, um, man, we, we look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah. Hey, same to you. And, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Better Dad Podcast. Keep tuned. Uh, new episodes coming soon. Thank you very much.